ready for Christmas, baby. Just call my name and I'll be there. You just need to shake your globe and hope that you don't say I wish I'd never seen the Santa Claus sequels. Or maybe you do. Cause it'd make your Christmas so much better if you don't watch these movies. But you can sit and relax and listen to me and Phil say, Welcome to the Podchild Cinecast. Hey, baby. Welcome to the Podchild Cinecast. (laughs) Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're knee deep Um, in this shit now. This is, of course, your host, Jonathan Foster. I got that out of the way really early because last week I didn't even say that shit. Uh, I completely forgot. That's how we open episodes that you introduce yourself. We were distracted. We did kind of just come off a very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody who listened to uh, that first <laughs> minute of this episode uh, is completely confused and probably already turned off because why are these two guys who run a cinema podcast uh, singing? <laughs> what the hell? What? What's this all about? I didn't sign up for this. How's it going, Phil? We're knee deep in Christmas. <laughs> and you're... you're <laughs> You're sick. You know, I wish that was planned. Yeah, this is the sound of Christmas. Yeah. Um, I'm sick. I'm bunged up. I'm, I have a cough. Yeah. It's getting better. I've, I've passed the peak, but I feel like shit. And I'm working a lot. Yeah. I'm working on a SOS type <laughs> job, you know? <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink. Uh, wink, wink. And so I'm, whew, ho, ho, ho. I'm basically, you're, you're you basically saying? saying don't don't be picking up like you know jackets of strange men who fall off stages or or whatever. Don't do that. And put don't them do on. that. Don't be don't be just running into contracts, you know, without yeah. reading the fine print. The fine print, yeah. The claw the clawness. Man, there are some plot hole plot holes plot, plot holes, holes plot holes claw holes some claws holes coming. Uh, well, yeah, you know what we're here for. Let's just, uh, who cares? Who cares? Who it's cares? Christmas time. I was at a party this past weekend, a uh, Christmas party. It was pretty <laughs> just fun. No, not bragging. Just not bragging. I was at a party. At a, uh, completely, you know me. Always completely partying. sober, you know, and uh, having a wonderful time. Like realizing why I don't drink. Simp- because Simply uh, having a wonderful time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a wonderful time, you know. Realizing mm. I, the reasons I don't drink, you know, it's pretty fun. Um, because you run into people who remembered like having conversations with you, like, you know, a year ago when you were drunk and you were kind of being an asshole to them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the ghost of Christmas past, bro. Yeah. It's pretty good, man. I have my little Scrooge Scrooge Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Tint the season, man. Tint the season season. for revelation and miracle. Yeah. And, you know, just goodwill. I think, you know, You know what? I think there is a miracle out there, though, that like maybe, just maybe, that this Christmas, it's Christmas, we'll see me finish my album, Phil. Just maybe, just fucking maybe. You know what? I could put in a bit good a word with the big man. Really, we're kind of tight. We're kind of tight tight these days. Okay, yeah. But you could almost say we're one and the same. Are you like Um, (laughs) you working on that? 
like, are you one in the same or are you working on that like sort of home home alone, you know, principle? Like, I know you're not the the real guy, but you, you know, you, you work with them, you know, you remember that um, conversation at home alone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. depends on who I'm talking guy. to man. It's the power. Mm. You, you hold a lot of power when you put on the hat. Yeah. That's all I can say. That's all you can say. Well, but, you know, I'll put in a good word and, I think if you promise you'll be good, I'll try. I think Santa will bring you a finished album. It's going to be mixed and mastered and everything. Wow. That's pretty good. Cause like, I, I definitely need, to, I don't like, know what I'm going to do yet. Shit. Um, <laughs> uh, which I probably won't end up doing because fuck it. You know, it sounds better. My last one did. That's good enough. <laughs> No one's gonna that should like, be in the lighter note. Yeah, no one's gonna buy it. Who cares? That's the part of the problem with not releasing it. I think is literally this is a breakthrough here. It's uh, having two weeks, you know, sitting around, sit, you know, sitting around for two weeks mm. thinking about like the revelations that came out of uh, our therapy arc episode. Therapy um, work. Yeah, um, just saying. I'm afraid to release the album because I don't know what to do with it because i feel like oh man like the last album i released i just kind of like released it and i made some cds and stuff and i sold some but it you know kind of was like kind of felt like once it was out and stuff and like i was trying to do more with it that nobody really wanted to do anything with it so it's sort of like great this one's like better but i feel like it's going to be the exact same like you know i just i don't know i know it doesn't need to like be like something Mm -hmm. Like it could just be for me, but it'd be fun if like people really enjoy it, you know, mm. but I'm afraid that it won't find ears. So that's, that's a bit of a problem. There's a reason why I didn't uh, <laughs> release the album yet, but it was funny. Cause that party I was at, I was mentioning, I was also explaining this podcast to someone. Oh no. And, uh, and I realized how fucking stupid this podcast. How is. do you, how do you explain <laughs> this podcast to people? I don't know. I was basically just like, yeah, this, the cinema is such a niche cinema that like, you know, like, I don't know that like as beloved as it is, it's still really niche. And then the fact that you're a podcast of a cinema that is really niche that like, you know, it makes really, you double niche. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of like, well, by that point, like, you know, I either try really hard to like, you know, just keep doing kind of what we were doing when we first started the podcast or just say, fuck it and have fun. Like, mm. <laughs> like, which is what we're doing now. So I was trying yeah. to explain like why we would release an episode like, um, Mr. Mr. Baseball or, Mr. Baseball. Uh, or young Sheldon verse with like all these fake ads and sort of stuff. And like, they were just You're like, Oh, you should listen to this. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> they like, they, they were, I was talking to, to them and they were just like, ah, oh, like this sounds really interesting, but like, are you a fan of young Sheldon? And I was just like, no, <laughs> no, no, but that's the point. No, that wasn't me on the recording. You know, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like a character. There's a character. Yeah. 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 No, I don't anyway. watch TV. Anyway, well, it's Christmas. Parties are going on. Sicknesses are being passed around because I'm it's so Mary. Everybody's yeah. getting together, drinking, and there's still, you know, pandemics going on, super colds, all sorts of stuff. But Phil, we're getting a little bit deeper into the holiday season. But things aren't going swimmingly. 
For some reason, Santa is getting ready for his big day and the toys are being loaded into his sleigh. He's checked the list twice, making sure everything is just precise. But looking into a mirror, he notices he's not what he used to be. A slightly skinnier old Saint Nick is left scratching his head until the vision he does see. Not something of the future a seer had foretold, but a memory of the past, something his subconscious desperately tried to withhold. It was a cold, wintry night, and Scott Calvin was cruising the town, only three <laughs> nights removed from his seventh season wearing Santa's crown. He had reason to celebrate, as another successful year had come to an end. But little did he know how this elation would descend. Santa had 25 whiskeys and Cokes, you know, because there's like 25 days in December uh, for Christmas, you know, you know, you know. And laughed (laughs) that his face was on the soda can as he held back his boke. After he was kicked out of every bar in the North Pole, Bernard the Elf (laughs) threw him into his sleigh. Barabbas. (laughs) Barabbas. Threw him into his sleigh and set it to cruise control. The reindeer began running down the icy streets to get Santa home, and before too long, their feet gave out, and they slid smack dab into a little gnome. It was Judy the Elf who fell victim to Santa's drunk driving escapade, and the inebriated Santa wept a single tear when he saw her dead 1,200-year-old body on display. In a mad panic, he concocted a plan. What the f- Scott buried the little elf where he did stand. <laughs> when the job was done, he let out a Yo, sigh of this relief. Santa Claus four. <laughs> Thinking no one saw him, but this was erroneous belief. From out of the shadows, a little elven outcast shuffled into view, and haunted Santa with these three words: "I saw you." The little mysterious elf held his hand to the jolly fat man's rosy cheek. And with this was the final word he did speak. Thinner. A curse had been laid on Santa that night that he must find a wife before his next flight. Or else he finds himself emaciated and without magic. And Christmas would be cancelled. Oh, how tragic. So, with time of the essence, Santa returned to the United States quick, because when Christmas is in jeopardy, the only way to save it is to go cruising for chicks! And that's where we find ourselves this week, Phil. <laughs> what film, if you would please reveal? I don't remember. <laughs> after all that, after the creepypasta. Um, <laughs> the Santa Claus do. The Mrs. Claus. Gonna run that joke right into the ground, aren't we? The Claus. Just right into the ground. They had nothing. They had nothing after the first film. (laughs) Somewhere in the Arctic. Hold it! I'm getting something on the sonar! Dwells a legend. I'm getting strong readings from the Cap Rock, sir! Waiting for the day. What is it? He'll come to town. 
He's the greatest Santa the world has ever known. I love what you guys do, taking outside the box. Thanks, Santa. You're the man. Oh, they gave me the big belly. He's made his list and checked it twice, but he forgot to read. The single most important detail in the history of Christmas. The fine print. I've got to get married? Yes. It's Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Walt Disney Pictures presents Tim Allen. I don't think there's a woman out there that doesn't want a piece of this. The Santa Claus 2. Scott Calvin, played by Tim Allen, has been in the role of Santa for the past eight years, and his loyal elves consider him the best one ever. But... The world of the merry old soul turns upside down when he's dealt a double whammy of news. Not only has his son, Charlie, again played by Eric Lloyd, but much less cuter. <laughs> yeah, he's aged. He looks weird. like Jason Biggs. It's really weird. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> he's landed on this year's naughty list, but Scott discovers that he must also marry by Christmas Eve. It's just one no. month away or he'll stop being Santa Claus for. Ever. Forever. Forever. It's the 2002 sequel to The Santa Claus, written by Santa Claus. Five writers <laughs> and directed by Michael Lembeck. Hot takes out the gate, Phil. The Santa Claus 2. And I, I forgot to uh, mention this. Um, yeah, last week we kind of set it up and it still kind of sounds like this if you're not reading like, you know, the episode title or the synopsis of the episode. Yeah, we kind of set up that we were only going to be talking about the Santa Claus 2. But I stupidly, when I was making out our plans for December, I accidentally like uh, doubled up a week or whatever, like in our, in our, in our little Mm. schedule. And I like uh, didn't realize it until the other day. And we were like, well, fuck it. The Santa Claus two and three kind of suck anyway. So let's like just two for, let's do a two for, so you're getting two, two for for one, two for two. It's a a bonus for like, you know, last couple weeks where we like didn't give you a film on the main timeline. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) you're getting two now, two films you didn't ask for. Here it comes. Here we go. All right. So hot takes on the game, Phil. Santa Claus two. Santa Claus 2. This was my idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. I, I wanted to talk about the Santa Claus so much. <laughs> and then we were like, and you were like, yeah, no problem. We could do that. Wrote it down. And like, what else should we do for December? And I was like, let's just do the rest of the Santa Claus movie. <laughs> and I was like, fuck it. They're doing the show. It'd yeah. be fun to talk about. Like nobody, nobody cared. It, it might be interesting to go back to these movies. And first one, it's fucking great. I always love talking about it. Yeah. And I sit down to watch the second one, and immediately I'm like, oh no, I regret this. Yeah, all the magic like, really, sucked out. It's I was just like, oh no. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> with the second one, I will give it props. There, there's some good stuff in the second one. There's stuff I like in the second one. There's stuff I actually enjoy in it, as opposed to the third one bereft of anything but this like the <laughs> second one has this thing and i think i mentioned it in last week's review it's just like what i like about the santa claus is how grounded it is yeah and it's treatment of all aspects of santa claus and the mythology this one goes full-on 
into like kid fantasy, like family film. And that's what I don't like about it. Yeah. I just find it really like artificial and weird. It just doesn't look or feel good. I just don't really like the North Pole stuff. It just doesn't get me like kids running around fighting giant soldiers and playing football. I just don't, I don't care because I'm not a kid. But I will say I did like this one as a kid. So it does work <laughs> for a kid. Yeah. I did, when it came out, I liked it. I remember liking it. And I've seen it a few times. And I can I still sat down and watched it with like no real issue. They were still fun to watch. The latter half of the film, I actually get quite a kick out of because you return a bit more to the original formula, which got out of the fucking Santa costume and makeup because he's desantifying. And the desantification like, process has started! God damn, what a line delivery. Yeah, that kid... It's real bad. Yeah. In both of these movies. Yeah. Get rid of him. Spencer I don't know why Braslin. he I don't know why he came in to replace David Crumholt. I know he probably got too old for it, but it he's in this one. Yeah. And he's just like barely in it. Dude, it was numbers. He was in numbers uh by the time oh, yeah. by the time the third and one was getting made and he He's like I'm too busy with numbers. Yeah, he could playing do it. Mr. Numbers. Yeah. He Chris numbers in numbers. No, dude, when I was watching this though, I was like thinking about spencer breslin and i was just like oh man yeah he had a hot minute and then like yeah then his his sister appears and uh yeah she and i was just like oh she's so much better abigail breslin she appears in the third one and i was just like oh man she's like way better holy shit and then she's barely featured um which is a shame but it was still early days for her career but it it did make me go oh god like i really want to watch and talk about disney's the kid with phil on the podcast ah, me too dude me too that's that's an interesting film to talk about next but year maybe maybe yeah for christmas next year yeah because no one wants to talk about die hard for yeah we'll move on we'll do the other bruce willis thing it's christmas it's christmas tradition but i like um I liked him, Alan, running around looking for a wife, man. It's like he's still on it. There's still good lines. He's got good rapport with like Charlie and Judge Reinhold and uh, an ex-wife. I forget her name, sorry. Laura. Um, and they play like an important part. But then just every time you turn a corner, there's a farting reindeer. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Like oh, it doesn't need that. It was but, so like, bad. And it's a shame because they're genuinely, and you, I've, you can disagree with me on this, genuine moment of magic in the in the second one like the whole like teacher uh party i love i love that whole sequence i think elizabeth mitchell and carol really elevate the film i think she's (laughs) really fucking she's just really good in it she's just really committed really believable and delivered a really good performance like a really sweet performance as mrs claude and make that character believable considering it's a hard thing to pull off so that stuff i can get into like charlie being on the naughty list and him having to come back home and losing all this weight and going on dates and yeah but like hooking up with the teacher i like i really do like all that stuff i like all the earth human side of things and i think that the first movie is all that and this one is just sort of half that but there is a saving grace at the north pole and I think it has helped Tim Allen's performance as a whole because the next film he fucking sleepwalks through. <laughs> and this one, I think he's really good in because half the time he gets to just go off at the fake Fascist toy Santa. Santa. Yeah. Fascist dictator Santa is so 
fucking funny, dude. Yeah. Like genuinely funny until the end when it becomes a whole big schmunt. Yeah. They do a big fight. Like I don't need that. But him running around getting high off Coco, it's fucking funny. Like it still makes me laugh and all. He looks terrifying. He looks like Tim Allen now. Um, and all the squeaky noises and just, I really like that. So yeah. there's good stuff in here, but this is a significant drop off from the first yeah. one. And it's, it's going to fall off even more. <laughs> so this is still all right. This is like right in the middle, but hot takes. Have you, had you seen yeah. these before? Cause I've seen all these. Obviously Funny enough. Too. Like, cause last week when I left it off, I was kind of like sure that I hadn't seen like both of these like two and three but like mm. funny enough i had i guess like at some point i just didn't remember mm. i like you know i didn't see santa claus 2 in cinemas i'm pretty sure and i kind of vividly remember watching the third one on tv with my mom at one point um but like yeah dude these films well i mean it's hard because like one i'm fine because i watched them both kind of like days apart and i'm finding them both mm. like to be so similarly bad that they're like blurring together and they, it, 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 they just like they blur together in a lot of ways because like it just feels like the same. Like, yeah, this is like it's hard to believe that the first film like is in the same universe, you know, because it's just like it's just miles <laughs> it's completely different, different yeah. and better. North Pole feels like it has so much magic. This one, like and the third one, like feels like there's no magic at all in the North Pole. The, yeah, it's just weird. It just feels different and like a really bad set, a Disney Channel movie. Like just mm. like feels like there's no production value. There's elements to the North Pole that I liked. I kind of liked Santa going around and talking to the elves, like and doing work and mm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of interesting. But yeah, playing football with them was just like fucking annoying. There was just like a lot of stuff going on. It's just like bringing up plot holes, like that kind of like make no sense when you think about shit that happened in the first film. Like just the whole premise of this film. What what happened? Speaking of plot holes, sorry. So what happened to the old Mrs. Claus? Fucking who knows? Does she just disappear and go back into her life? Or like what yeah, happens to the Santa? Does he die? Like is like He died, man. Does he just die? And then what happened to his Mrs. Claus? Like who knows? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's a thing they're sort of dealing with on the show. Yeah. And I thought at the I might have answers for it down the line, but right now it's still like it's weird. Yeah. It's this lot it's this like in between. It's sort of like half of it's like magic and half of it's like no there are actual rules yeah well that's that's part of the problem like with this film in general is because like i i do agree i think you know uh elizabeth mitchell is like all right as mrs claus but at the same time um her character is kind of written badly i mean just the fact that like she's (laughs) i mean the whole idea of like the mrs claus which I'll go ahead and just get into the plot holes. You know, finding mistakes in the writing. Watch out for the plot holes. 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 If it's always been a parameter in being used as, like, you know, being used in Santa Claus or whatever in the lore and everything, why? It's been eight years now. Why wouldn't you have told him? Why like at least like no one picked up on it until like he starts year, getting desantified. So what the yeah. fuck? Like a couple of years in, someone should have been like, Oh yeah, you're supposed to get married. <laughs> like you have like in about six years, this shit's gonna kick in. I don't yeah. know why it's an arbitrary number like that. Yeah. But you should be looking for a wife. Yeah. Just so you know. Just so you know. You bro. know, you should date someone for a few years and then you can 
not really 27 like- days. <laughs> <laughs> fucking mental. At father time, let us know. Uh, and then like he goes and meets her and stuff. And she's like being portrayed as this sort of like evil lady and stuff. Like, well, obviously it's just Charlie and, and all that, but like, yeah, she's the principal. Yeah. She quickly flips her script. Obviously you do kind of see, like you were saying, there is the bit of the, the magic there with that scene at the school and stuff. And even the sleigh ride leading to the school where she's telling the story. And it's almost yeah, like, I like that scene. It's almost like him, like like anytime he reveals that he's Santa or somebody feels like finds out he's Santa, it kind of happens in the first film as well. You see like the glaze go over their eyes and they return back into a kid. Like, so you have that as a little bit of explaining and stuff, but at the same time, it's like, it kind of just doesn't make sense how like kind of a hollow character she is. So yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. But I do love fascist dictator Santa at the North Pole. He starts really Isn't weak. Great? He starts like horribly weak because I don't like yeah, well, seeing. Yeah, just sort of imitating just, yeah, people. Yeah, and he's just fucking stupid and just kind of like yeah. a, a dope. But once he starts yeah. reading, you're the all rules, doing a wonderful job. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, kind of like the rules. <laughs> it's really funny, yeah. and it gets it's really, really good. Great. But the, yeah, then there's like, like you said, the, like the farting reindeer. Good God! Well, and then why do they have voices now? What is it? Again, it's something. Why do they sound I, like something that? I really liked in the first one. I liked how they handled the reindeer because yeah. they had personalities, but they weren't like cartoon. Yeah, characters. Comet was like he doesn't talk to Comet ooh, in the first one, ooh. but it's not like yeah, it's like minion shit. Yeah, I fucking hate it. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. So just for kids. Although it's not I did funny. The, so there's that new reindeer Chet that they introduced that kind of makes no sense because it's like, are they trying to do a Rudolph thing here? But it doesn't really make sense and it doesn't really matter but um chet uh has the voice of uh the i can't kathy susie who, who who did uh lola bunny in space jam but also like really? the voice of uh phil and lil on the rugrats so if you like oh. if you know the rugrats you know that voice and it's just like oh shit that's like that's rugrats right there um but that was like the only thing. It was sort of like a memory that made me go, "Oh yeah, I recognize that voice." But like, other than that, it's like this sucks. Like, why is why is this fucking reindeer in this film? It's so annoying. Who's this for? In another plot hole, not a plot hole, but like it's a recurring thing in Christmas movies. Rudolph, it's a big like Christmas icon. Yeah, had its own story. Rudolph is never in these movies. <laughs> I don't know if there was some like someone owned the rights to Rudolph or something. There, and there was like, never, there was never a fucking reindeer at the front with a red nose. Yeah, it never happened. Not an elf, not in the Santa Claus, not in anything I could think of. I just find it weird. Yeah, I don't know if that it might be. It must be a right issue. Yeah, but what? Yeah, could chat is like what? I don't just give me another fucking reindeer. Yeah, just don't do this whole bit with Comet. Like, yeah, why? Why? It makes no sense. Why did it just, pay off? Why did he? I didn't, like, there was no payoff. Just him being fat and, like, who cares? It's like, it didn't matter. It's like, and it doesn't have, like, I don't know, maybe just, like, the casting was better in the first one. Like, yeah. all the kids in the first one are fucking great. Like, across the board, all the elves, like, they talk and act like grown-ups. Everyone here is just, like, a fucking kid. Yeah. Apart from David Crumholt. Yeah. Yeah, Like, yeah. and it's just weak. The board, it, across the board, it's fucking weak. And it's something they've actually done really well on the show. <laughs> the, el- the elves are really just fucking better. good. There's, yeah. there's one in particular, Noel, who I find hilarious. Nice. I think he's really, really good. Um, and that's nice. That it just but it took him so long. It's like that was again. You're, I feel like you're forgetting along the way 
the appeal of the first one. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like in the second one, there's at least lots of moments where Tim Allen gets to be fucking Tim Allen. Yeah. He's like a cynic and a bit of a dick and making fun of Judge Reinhold. Yeah. You know, he's like, have you helped anyone ever? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I got, I got my sweater vest and a minivan. Seen about eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. And like him, him with Molly yeah. Shannon. That's a great scene. Yeah. Like I was going to bring that up. Moments, dude. Yeah. That's, I, you know, I was going to save this, but fuck it. Who cares? The best part of the film without a doubt. So good, and it's, it's like so better good. than it has any right to be. It's almost <laughs> like, cause the pink Panther is an objectionably bad film, but that I would like to buy a hamburger. Hamburger. Yeah. Damn it's one of the burger. Like that's the funniest fucking burger. scene. It's one of the like, funniest things to ever put to film. Yeah. It's so funny. And this thing. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember this scene at all, but it is really fucking funny, and it's up there with like one of these like just way funnier than it needs to be. Like um, that, like just outshines the movie tremendously, and no one talks about is so like. All right, we've got most of the crew back here. The the idea is that Tim Allen he he's got to find a Mrs. Claus. So uh, he goes back to Earth or he goes back to the United States. I don't fucking know where he's at, how this shit works. He, he starts like slowly evaporating and back into normal Tim Allen mode. Um, and he like meets back up with Wendy Crewson and, and Judge Reinhold is, is Laura and Neil. And uh, they have a new daughter now as well. Lucy Miller played by Lucy. Liliana Mummy. Um and of course, she's like the new cute kid because Charlie's just old and looks like Jason Biggs now. So <laughs> no one. But I don't care about yeah. this new kid. I care yeah. about Charlie, and this new yeah. kid gets becomes way too important. And yeah, years. in both of the films, they completely write Charlie out. It's like he doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, what the fuck? But anyway, like one of the things that happens is, and, and if you've not seen this film, and if you're not going to watch it, I would just say go out of your way to look up this scene. It's really funny. Um, so Laura hooks Scott up with a blind date and it's Molly Shannon playing this woman named Tracy who uh, when he gets there to meet her and stuff, she's kind of like goofy and ditzy and seems like she really loves Christmas. Kind of funny, it's, yeah. you know, she's got but the nothing, Santa Claus yeah, nothing the special. Shit. Like it's just kind yeah, of like, yeah. okay, she's a wacky woman. And then, then-, then she proceeds, he asks her what she does and she proceeds to say, oh, well, like, you know, I'm a singer songwriter. <laughs> Like, you know, I just think I'd like to break it into country music. And then she just gets up because she's obsessed with Christmas and proceeds to sing Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman. But man, I feel like some Christmas. Ow, 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 Uh-oh. Hey. Oh, dude, this shit's so funny, man. Like, such a good performance. Really It's great on, honestly, it's great on both of them. Her commitment and Tim Allen genuinely like afraid. Yeah, yeah. Reactions <laughs> like, uh, yeah. just like whoa, uh, shit, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, like, yeah. What? Like after his done, she's just like, "What? Do you not like it?" He was like, uh, "To be honest, I was a little bit of afraid." <laughs> yeah, <Scared laughs> kind of scared me a bit. Yeah, and she's just she's like, you know what? I put myself out. out there. Yeah, I put myself out there. That took a lot. It was hard to do. And I don't need this. You know, if you can't commit to me, then this date's over. Like, just fucks off. It's great. <laughs> it's funny. You know what's really weird about that scene is her jumper. You look closely. It's Santa. Yeah. And sure, there's Santa merchandise, but the Santa on her jumper, Tim Allen. It's Tim Allen. Yeah. It's fucking Tim Allen. So in this <laughs> world, they know what he looks like. Yeah. Which is just odd. They do. Like, or they've just nailed the 
I get the aesthetic. I get the it's like a classic look to him. But I think that wouldn't have worked. You know, you don't want to date a fan. Yeah. No, but <laughs> I, I, thing. I, to be honest, you know, as nice as, uh, you know, you know, Elizabeth Mitchell, she's a great, fine actor. Molly Shannon I, and I, Mr. Claude, though. I find like all the shit with Mrs. You know, the, the Mrs. Claus to become like uh, Carol and everything, like to just be fucking weird. And uh, the whole thing is just odd. The whole idea is odd. It's really stupid. It's weird. And it's like we're existing in a time where it's like, where it's like, oh, it must be a Mrs. Claus because clearly Santa has to be a man. What happens if a woman pushes him off? Oh, good point. And also, well, what if Santa's gay? And also, what can if he, Santa's can gay? Can't be a Mr. Claus? Like, you know, so. The, what? When he twerks so on we the can't coat and Santa? makes him straight? Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, like, yeah, I, 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 propaganda. I would love to see. Molly Shannon just be Mrs. Claus. That's all I want now after this. Uh, but also, I think it's really funny. And this is the reason why I did my... The reason why I did a little bit of that weird fan fiction to open this episode up. It's <laughs> <was> because, <laughs> like, there's not much about these fucking films. So I'm just trying to kill some time. And also, I just mm. wanted to have a little bit of fun. Um, but the thing that I found funny was, like... Because you already mentioned Bernard, you know, David Cromholtz. He's in this film. He's back. But he's not in the next one. Um, yeah, but there is there is something to be said for Bernard and how important he is to fans of the Santa Claus films that he may not be in the third film, but he certainly exists in a litany of fan fiction. I found over oh 197 <laughs> entries of fan fiction for the Santa Claus universe where Bernard is heavily featured. <laughs> and Do another big feature in the Santa Claus fan fiction community, which is pretty fucking weird, but it's uh, Lucy and Jack Frost uh, from the third film becoming a couple. Of course, could he, she melt in heart. Yeah. It's fucking gross. That's fucking weird. I tried to find a good fan fiction and there was nothing good. It was all fucking trash or way too long. So uh, mm. you got what you got from me, which is okay. probably yeah, superior. Say, definitely um, better, yeah. just like the Star Wars one. I did not know that. No franchise is safe, is safe yeah. from fan oh, fiction. Oh, God, fan fiction is just ridiculous. I bet every film that ever existed has some creep out there writing some weird bit of fan fiction for it. Because um, I didn't think there'd be anything for the Santa Claus. I mean, why would there be? <laughs> but, uh, but I guess people like those people movies, getting horny right? for Bernard or... In, yeah um but yeah like uh, another Hard thing that i added into the fan fiction though uh that i made up was because i was watching this film and i'm just like dude like scott like is evaporating in front of this woman and she like sort of makes mention of it but then the next time she's she like sees you've him, really locked away yeah but the next time she sees him he's like he's like tim allen like you know yeah that's you know. why she falls for him because she's like oh yeah. yeah good looking like middle-aged man i can i'm down with this but like did she not just go like, She's what like, hey, happened? Are you like, do you have cancer? What's wrong with you? Like, yeah. you're like, and also your like hair's darker now. Cleanse. Like, what the fuck? Are and you it reminded Benjamin me, Button? It, <laughs> Are you getting younger? It reminded me of uh, Thinner. Like, and that's why I added that whole thing about the, the like little thinner. mysterious elf. <laughs> that uh, fucking Stephen King uh, novel that was made into a really fucking, I, I mean, it's kind of bad, but I kind of love it film. Like one of those bad adaptations mm. is kind of great. 
yeah, Thinner's great. It's really funny. And it reminded me of that because it was just like, he's just evaporating and he's just like, <laughs> just turning into this like thin man. And she just doesn't even like question it at all. It's really fucking weird, man. Well, what is weirder, and they, they only make reference to it, I don't even think in the third film, they make reference to it on the show. As soon as they get married, spoiler, he turns into a big fat guy again with long white hair and white beard. <laughs> yeah. And she just has to be cool with that. Yeah. That thing is going to like be on top of her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Julia was like and laughing. And I'm sure it's going to be magical, but like, that's not what she signed up for. Yeah. And, and she, there was no turning back. I was laughing about that. Cause like Julia was like, you know, watching this with me, watching these two films. And she was just like, yeah, like she loved it. <laughs> typical Hollywood, just like, you know, this poor, like pretty young woman has to like become like give up everything, give up everything with this stupid, like old man. And I was like, yeah, it's not as bad as it normally is though. At least like she kind of seems like she's roughly in the she same age bracket and stuff. Yeah. 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 But, but then she was like, yeah, but clearly there's like, you know, there's a much bigger like gap there. And I, I went and looked it up. I didn't say anything to her. So she's probably gonna laugh listening back to this, but I, I didn't say anything. Cause she was so fucking right. Like, you know, Tim Allen's like a good, like almost 20 years older than really? Elizabeth Mitchell. Shit. <laughs> I think it was like 18 or 19 years or something like that between the two. But it was like, Damn. you know, by that point she was at least like, you know, in her thirties, it's not like some like 25 year old woman with some like 58 year old guy or something like that. That a lot of movies <laughs> tend to do. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, Scott had to give up everything. <laughs> she has to make the same fucking. She has to make the same same sacrifice. same sacrifice for this guy's fucking mistake. Yeah. Well, it's the year two thousand. It was in July of two thousand that it was announced after six years. The Disney they're like now now the time, time <laughs> Disney announces they're going to make a sequel to the Santa Claus with Tim Allen returning to star. And the original press release, it was in Variety, it stated the film would be ready for a November 2001 release, which was not true. It took another fucking year. With uh, <laughs> screenwriter Don Reimer, who was fresh off of Big Mama's House, writing the <laughs> script, which was described as the North Pole is operating at maximum efficiency until Santa is confronted, like many busy parents, with the challenge of balancing work and personal life. In November of that year, actor turned TV director Michael Lambick, yes, the same person who directed Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Tooth Fairy, was hired to make his directorial Ugh. debut here with Santa Claus 2. You know, that's funny, because I was thinking during this movie, I was like, I wonder, I wonder and I was, like, I'm, I was like, this will come up in the research if there wasn't any. I was like, I wonder if there's any talk of spinning off these legendary figures, because why introduce all these fucking people? Weirdly enough, the director <laughs> did make a Tooth Fairy movie. Imagine like having three films like on your filmography where there's like a Tooth Fairy in the film. It's like, what's wrong with you? What went you wrong liked, in your career? You liked what went wrong in your childhood? <laughs> but like, like, if you're gonna do any, I would have done one about the Tooth Fairy, but just called it Roy. I think that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, just as an in joke for anybody who watched it. But I yeah. guess The Rock is bad. That's a bad movie though, The Tooth Fairy. Yeah, is that the hockey one? I think. Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, Ari and I were going to do that on Patreon, but we never did, mm. thankfully. Not good. Because we did do the yeah. game plan, and that was We could have done it at the bad. Patreon brothers, but we're not going to do that. Yeah, we're not going to. <laughs> we're not going to do that. Unless you pay us 
This is a good bagel ball. So go to patreon.com forward slash PCC podcast. Plug. Plug. Yeah, so when the Santa Claus 2 was first announced, it had the working title, The Escape Clause, and we'll come back to that. Um, And reportedly, Don Reimer's script focused on the best Santa ever, trying to balance his work life at the North Pole and his home life, but that somehow became the B-plot in the final film. By April 2001, with Don Reimer's script not working out, Variety reported that Disney tapped our favorite Mormon duo, Cinco Paul and Ken Dario. They were fresh off of writing Bubble Boy hey, to favorite Mormon come up duo. with a fresh start. So they would be writing the film to see, uh, you know, basically Santa leaving the North Pole on a quest that would see Tim Allen play dual roles. Um, so, yeah, I, I was struggling to kind of figure out, like, what was going on here. Like, so I could it's kind of read in this variety article that, like, Cinco Paul and Ken Dario were coming in to just kind of, like, completely start over uh so i don't know what was going on but mm. by this point it was like it was taking a whole year they were like behind a whole year <laughs> like they wanted cool. this film out in november 2001 but it didn't come out until november 2002 but also at this point i guess Ken, like paul uh cinco paul and ken dario weren't you know doing too well maybe their bubble boy humor was a little too crass for disney so the house of mouse tapped None other than the co-writers of There's Something About Mary, <laughs> Ed Decker, and John J. Strauss, What Could Go Wrong, uh, to come in and make a pass on the script. And at some point in this time, this is where the secondary Mrs. Claus came into play. Storyline came in. Okay. So I mentioned last week that the original version of the Santa Claus was like, like the first film was a little bit more adult and stuff. Like, you know, he like shot Santa Claus like <laughs> off of his roof and shit and Santa broke his neck and stuff. Well, another thing that was changed from that earlier version of the original Santa Claus was that Scott actually was supposed to be married. And in the first draft of the film, he had a wife called Lynn who goes with him to the North pole and becomes Mrs. Claus. Uh, Scott's ex-wife, Laura and her husband, Neil were actually supposed to be his in-laws in this version and things were just like shuffled around and rewrites and they made him a divorced dad. Laura became his ex and Neil, her nerdy new husband, which I think was all for the best, especially in that first film. Um, but this did leave things open for the sequel. So when they decidedly decided to finally go like, you know, Santa, you need to go find your Mrs. Claus. So, you know, here we go. It's the plot. But yeah, like I said, it just does lead to a lot of plot holes with, yeah, I don't mind gen- like the, the general plot because like they find it's a natural progression. First one, he becomes Santa. Second one, he finds a wife. Third one, he has a kid. Like it's a very natural sort of story to follow, but ridiculous as well. Yeah. Very, silly. <laughs> very, very silly. Weird thing to bring up. Another plot hole I forgot that I wrote down here. If we want to harp back on plot holes. Um, all right, so this film like really shows Santa doing a lot of work at the North Pole, and it kind of extends into the next film as well because there's like issues with Santa and like being too busy and stuff, not paying attention to his wife, and he's a manager and all that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like in the first film, Scott was just transported back home after his first night, and he got to dick around in his normal life up until Thanksgiving. So yeah, why that- is Santa like? That's just the first year, though. They tell him that. No, they tell him that in the first movie. They're like, you have until Thanksgiving to get your affairs in order. Because then you have to move here and you're done. 
I don't remember that. I just kind of like also <laughs> like blanked out like when Bernard mentioned something about magic, you know, and he only had like 10 bits of magic or something or whatever it was because he had that the watch. fucking magic clock yeah what was that i was that, like what was what, it? but what's the gauge on that because it was like like the little girl cost him like three yeah three, or like or three like, bits or of like, magic or whatever it was but like the toys like cost him only a couple yeah like no that's all of your way magic. bigger and the mistletoe is like another two or three and it's like yeah. surely that's like a little bit of magic like, yeah because he like he did so much there i don't know it was like that that whole thing at the school, he knew everybody. Like that's like a lot of fucking magic to know what everybody there wanted. Yeah, wanted for and Christmas what that as a little kid. Would, well, I guess it, as Santa, it he knew, but I don't but know. it's conjuring all that up. But like, yeah. this it's this super vague plot hole thing where it's like it's just a it's a magic wind of yeah. It's like, but but what? Like that doesn't make any sense, especially if like if the magic of Christmas is based on like kids believing in Santa. <laughs> And stuff i don't know it's just weird it's yeah. weird well tim allen obviously is back he's playing scott calvin aka santa claus and if the first film they were sort of like playing off the fact that he was famously tim the Toolman taylor this one's fa- like basically playing off the fact that he was buzz lightyear because they literally have oh like yeah, certain yeah lines yeah. being you're a sad, yeah, you're a strange, sad little strange little man like, Could he literally yeah. play the toy? That's yeah. great. I never put that together. So yeah, this, from the line. they basically took a page out of Toy Story 2 where Tim Allen voiced both Buzz Lightyear oh, and yeah. the evil utility belt Buzz. Done so, much better in Toy Story. Yeah, yeah God, They literally just copied that. Jeez. Yeah. Basically, he plays this like evil toy Santa who kept an eye on the North Pole while Scott went down to find a woman who would be willing to elope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's very funny, the toy man. Yeah, honestly, yeah, watch yeah. those bit. That that bit I've mentioned it before, where he tried the cocoa. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, because he like doesn't know how to drink. No, he, to, he just like down the hot cocoa, and then it's just a second, and he just screams. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Woo!" Then it's a little buzzed. <laughs> that really um, got me. Yeah, so we kind of mentioned everybody else is kind of back along for the ride. We had the new little girl, Lucy. She becomes a bigger part in this in the third film. Yeah, Spencer Breslin's there. He's playing Curtis, who's replacing Quentin, basically, because like the one thing they can't explain is like how their elves just manage to age, even though they're supposed to not be uh, aging. Which, That's supposed to be immortal. Yeah, uh, which. They, Childlike forever. They I just guess. decide to recast most of the elves from the first film uh, with different elves that look kind of similar or do similar things. Except mm. for from the second to third film, Spencer Breslin is noticeably older by four years. He definitely went through puberty and everything. He's just it's voice fucking yeah, broke. Yeah, he's completely older. If there if there was any like charm there, gone. Yeah, it's completely gone. It's completely <laughs> gone. gone by the third film. Yeah. But yeah, like, but all the other kids, they just keep like replacing and stuff. And it's just kind of funny. And it's just like, yeah. All right. Well, what, what happens to these elves? I did actually like, I'm not going to read it because it was, it was just funny, but it was, <laughs> it's too long. But um, there was a, one of those uh, fan fiction things I found that was actually like based around oh. how the elves, how the elves aged and stuff and uh, like elves retiring and all that sort of shit and kind of explaining what happens to elves and all that. But mm. like. I was like, well, at least someone's trying. Because, like, (laughs) (laughs) trying to figure it out. The movie died. Yeah. Well, one thing they did add to this film, which I feel like I wish it's 
I don't know. While like elements to the Mrs. Claus thing are fine, in some respects, I just kind of feel like maybe Scott just like happens to meet her and he just makes her Santa, you know, just a meet cute thing, not like having mm. to creepily go find a woman to force into this weird fucking marriage. Maybe he just fucking mm. meets her. It's a bit of and both. also I was thinking that like this film's plot could have been around the Council of Legendary Figures because they just bring this up in this film out of nowhere. Um, and it's as if Scott's why, just yeah. a part of it the whole fucking time. And then they like, you know, continue being a big part of the next film as well. Even bigger part, which is just like crazy. Like it would have been more entertaining. I think if instead of like the fucking Mrs. Claus, it was like, Oh yeah, Santa, by the way, you're, um, a legendary figure who's a part of a council and you need to go to your first meeting because they meet every, I don't know, seven years. You could just say that they meet every (coughs) seven years or whatever. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And then you introduce mother nature, Saisha Taylor, uh, Tyler, for whatever reason, they recast Peter Boyle. I don't mind, whatever Peter Boyle, I like him, but uh, I love it. Yeah. Recast his father time. He was, he was Scott's boss in the first movie, but he's back in this father time. Jay Thomas plays the Easter Bunny, which is fucking stuff of nightmares. And the stuff of nightmares. What Kevin, is going on there? Kevin Pollock, who I love. Uh, a Cupid. The Pittsburgh. The playing the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Playing the Pittsburgh. Uh, but yeah, he's playing Cupid. Uh, Art LaFleur, who's great, plays the Tooth Fairy. And then Michael Dorn, who just really phones in a performance as Sandman. Like anybody could have played that fucking yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sleepy. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. But yeah, so they introduce these characters. I just feel like as we're kind of getting in, we're going to be getting into the third film in a second here. And mm. I just like, I just feel like it would have been better if they would have just like, you know, had Santa be introduced to the idea of these characters and stuff. And then it kind of plays more into the third film and it like feels a little bit more natural and stuff. And maybe mm. like, I don't know, maybe I would have just blended elements to both of these films together into one and then just cut out all the fat, all the bullshit and uh Mm. that just sucks and just like have just one film but obviously we can't look back like that you know (laughs) retrospectively and like hope that we could change something that already happens because obviously they are flying by the seat of their pants uh with both of these films they clearly had no clue what they wanted to do yeah just got in for anything that worked like this film just sort of like starts like they have no idea what's going on. It's just like it takes a like oh, a good so ten minutes to like starts. really the plane like, flying over the North Pole. Yeah, it's like that what would is have been a on? better way to start the third one. Yeah, because the theme of the third one is not letting the secret out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, th- yeah. That's not a thing in the second one. Yeah, you know, like it's just all these jumbled ideas and a semblance of plot in there and it's fine <laughs> again it's for fucking kids it doesn't matter like yeah. they just roll through it and it's fun and this one i will probably i would stick by i think it's fun for kids because i was a kid when i watched it i will not say as much for the third one <laughs> i think it's like okay if i'm if i'm leading it up first one is good for grown-ups second one is good for kids We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we're going to talk about I wait, it. I'll give you some yeah. air there. Just I don't know. We're going to figure it out now. Well, after a year delay, the Santa Claus 2 was released in November 2002, making $172.9 million, which is like about tw- tw- a little less than $20 million less than the first one. But this Didn't is on a six, well. $65 million budget. Again, <laughs> it was met with mixed reviews, but for whatever reason, Roger Ebert gave it three stars, saying it was more engaging 
assured and funny than the first film. Fuck Fucking off. Lies. <laughs> lies. Lies and slander. Fuck no, it's you, not. Roger Ebert. After I gave him like so much props. credit and props in that Mission to Mars episode with such a great review of Mission to Mars. Like, yeah, just ruins so it like distinct. This. <laughs> yeah, no, you have terrible taste. <laughs> well, before we get into uh, the third film, Phil, I think it's time to like recharge our batteries a little bit. Yes. A theme between these two films, because for whatever reason, we can't just have like an interesting story about a man who's become Santa. Um, without there being fucking villains and people, who every are, hero needs a villain, and uh, you know people, <laughs> even Santa, <Claus. laughs> people trying to ruin Christmas. That like it, it uh, you know, felt like there was some people in both films who were just trying to to wear the jacket. So yes, let's call a quick snack time. There's something about that look you gave to me. I know you can only mean one snack time. In the morning. It's snack time. In the evening. It's snack time. I can't wait for you. It's snack time. To say those words to me. It's snack time. It's snack time. Snack time. I can't wait for you to say it's snack time. And now we're back from that little jingle, Phil. If anybody lovely, listened lovely. to our mission lovely, to Mars, lovely brother. <laughs> if anybody listened to our uh, mission to Mars episode, um, which is on Patreon, it was the extended version of uh, <laughs> of our therapy episode. Um, yeah. It, yeah, go like become a patron. We did that, like, sorry, but yeah, become it's a, a good patron. episode. It's a good episode, Honestly, and, uh, like, good, good stuff is over there on Patreon. If you, if you want to, I know it's energy crisis and stuff, but if you can afford it, if you want to support the podcast, um, you know, hey, we're a listener and fan support it. We don't put ads in here for a reason, because, not real ones, you know, not real <laughs> ones, yeah, at least. Because, uh, yeah, we want to keep entertaining you guys, and I hate listening to podcasts that have ads in it and stuff. Um, so, yeah, we don't make any money. And uh, so, yeah, if you if you have money to support, go over to Patreon. Get, listen to that episode. But if you don't, and I sincerely, I s- like, sincerely mean this, this is fucking Christmas time, and it's a hard time for everybody right now. Cost of living crisis. Everybody's going through it. Uh, fucking save that money. And put it towards like your heating bill and all that sort of stuff or whatever you need to uh, take care of yourself first. If you were listening to that episode, though, you would have heard me kind of mention that what I got this week. I just went ahead and got it. And also because uh, it's slightly influenced by what you had. I got something else here. So it's another one of these this i mean this is just like a chaser caffeine free diet coke i was the caffeine free one yeah i can tell um, and you know coke is santa's santa's fucking drink you know yeah of course perfect so this is a chaser but what i got was all right so it feels like there's people trying mm-hmm. to wear santa's coat trying to get in his costume and stuff in these mm-hmm. two films we have a fucking toy santa in the second film and then in the third film we're about to get into it, but there's a whole f- other fucking legendary creature who wasn't in the second film, but they just <laughs> magically created creature. for this one. Yeah. Um, it is uh, 
one of our oh, favorite shit. gags ever. Uh, so two small people <laughs> stacked on top of stacked each other. On top of each other. Uh, it is. Oh my god. A little chocolate M M&M and M thing. So it's like I don't know what this is. If this is going to look like the two M and M's, like you know, if it's going to be a chocolate version, I of love this that. Is. But what two it is, two M and M stacked on top of each other in a Santa coat and hat. Yeah, I imagine it's going to be a big Santa. So just like a chocolate see. Santa, like they all do this year. Yeah, I although but I just dude, the wrapping is worth I it. saw um this lint chocolate reindeer. I posted it on Twitter. I don't know if anybody saw it, but it was like. Oh, dude, this is great. I, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm starting to open it here. Um, I saw this lint chocolate reindeer, and it was kind of making me think about that. Like, you remember that uh, Cadbury egg thing that you had that was like a werewolf? And, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it was just an egg inside, and we were, like, complaining about it. I swear to God, Trash. this lint one was, like, just one of those lint chocolate bunnies. But, like, the packaging on the outside, this, like, tinfoil bullshit was just made to look yeah. like a reindeer. It looked just oh, like definitely. a fucking bunny, though. Definitely, yeah. All right, look at this, Phil. It is the two M and M. Oh, this is that the exact thick. same thing that's on the wrapper. Oh, the two see, that's M&Ms. care and effort. Yeah, this that's is what I like to see. Of a good snack. We should be like, massive, dude. Do you take a photo of that. Yeah, perfect. Um, so how you can bite it, man? You can just I, eat the head off. Yeah, because like, you can hear there's M and M's inside as well. Oh, it's not just a solid bit of chocolate. Yeah. It's like an egg with uh, Which, that. That's pretty cool. It kind of alarmingly looks like just like a piece of plastic, <laughs> like a brown. Turd, oh, that's weird. Which yeah, is kind of yeah. what this film is anyway. It, looks it might like not be a, edible. A big piece of shit. So I, I think I'm going to bite into the top of the head yeah. and see if I can get some of the M&Ms out like on the second go. <laughs> oh, straight up hollow. It came right off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, and then you can just pour them out. Yeah. Eat it as you go. And this isn't bad. It's sort of like Mars chocolate, you know, because M&M's is Mars, so it tastes sort of like yeah. the chocolate they that's use cool. in Mars bars. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, and then they're just that's like cool. really, really tiny M&M's. Oh, that's a good snack, man. This is a great. Christmas personified. Yeah, so you have- <laughs> You can drink it. Chocolate, you can drink. You had M&M's in the Mission to Mars episode, and you were chasing it yeah. with Dr. Pepper, so I grabbed this. See? Chasing it with Coke. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. How many... Um... The snack has been way more interesting than this film, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> How many... I'm trying to think of something that could apply to both. How many of Neil's sweater vest do you give it? Ooh. You know what? I'm I hope I haven't this. used that one yet. I'm kind of digging this. I like M&M's. You digging it? This chocolate's pretty good. I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to regret this later because I've been like... Oh, you're going to eat a whole thing of chocolate. I've been like hating on myself again lately. You know, wintertime blues. It's the season, man. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, oh, man, I need to get control of myself. You know, don't let good, good work, hard work, you know go to waste and stuff by becoming a good fatty this time of year. No offense to fatties out there. Cause you know, I'm a fatty too. So we're all, we're all in this <laughs> together. <laughs> fatties of the world unite. Um, but yeah, no, um, it's pretty damn good though, dude. And wow. I feel like I gotta, 
I gotta go five. I, I'm sorry. Do full on five. I no, I'm not gonna five. make fun of you. That looked like a five. As soon as you whipped out, I'm like, yeah, nah, she looked really good. Also, just I because one. it gets it gets like the full five because like the the work they went into to actually make, <laughs> like this they didn't phone this in. This it yeah. looks like what's on the package, and that's all I can ask for. For like chocolate that on the packaging, you know, it's supposed to be this hollow piece of chocolate or something to look like what's on the package. And I call bullshit when they don't do that. <laughs> I call you know? shenanigans. Call shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> Tint the season. I wanted to get some cocoa, but I didn't get it in time. Yeah. And even then, it's like, I don't want to do it in like another drink. I almost got McDonald's. <laughs> they did a really prominent scene in Santa Claus 2 where they eat McDonald's for yeah. some reason. But cocoa is a big thing in both of these movies. I didn't do that. But Christmas, and I haven't had it today. So, speaking oh. of Lynn, I got, for my advent calendar this year, Ooh. me and Dusty both got advent calendar. She got a recent piece of one. Yeah. You brought that um, up on maybe last week's episode? Yeah, could, yeah, because yeah. it had white chocolate in it, and she said it was also good. Nice. She was surprised. There we go. Um, but I got the Lint one, and this one I'm very excited about. One, you know, I, I expect a lot from my advent calendars. And I'll I'll talk you through it. <laughs> usually, you know, usually I like on the door if there's like a joke or a fact or a limerick or something. This doesn't have. I, that, yeah, I see that it does not have. Which is frustrating, but what it does have is a variety of sizes, and it builds to a giant teddy Whoa. on the twenty fourth, which is amazing. Not enough <laughs> advent calendars do that. Usually, it's just twenty four small bits of chocolate, and it's whatever. Yeah, but this one has multiple sizes. It's got teddies, reindeers, little truffles, snowdrops. It's got like a bunch of shit in it. And lint is like fucking good. It's yeah. like fancy chocolate. It's nice. Today is the fifth. We're recording on the fifth, so let's open up that door. On the fifth day of Christmas, my lint advent Ooh. calendar gave to me. What is this? A like a square. Mysterious not, look of chocolate that Phil doesn't know what it is. I've not had this one yet. It's a weird shape. Oh, it looks like a, is, a mint that they put on your pillow at the hotel. <laughs> it's a Swiss milk chocolate Napolitan. Napolitan? Napolitan, yeah. Napolitan, yeah. what is that? Neapolitan? Neapolitan? Like a cocktail? From Nepal? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, let's try it. It's twist. Got a squirrel on it. It's cute. Very Christmassy. Okay. <laughs> oh, look at that. It's not Christmassy, but it does need lint on it. Okay. Ooh. Okay. They're not, they're phoning it in. That was, you can find that in any like lint. Chocolate is just a square broken off of a larger piece of like, like you know, one of those big like cooking chocolates or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's good. It could taste different than the other one. That's right, nice they that. give you a, a different flavor every day. It should be mm. different every time, you know? Have a little bit of imagination. Give me something to believe in at Christmas or to be excited for. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's good, man. Lint always deliver fine milk chocolate. Well, again, Phil, you were able to read what was on there and you can spoil yourself every single day. And it again proves 
that Forrest Gump's mom was fucking full of shit because life shit. is not like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're you gonna get. Yeah, you do. definitely they stay know what you're gonna get. It says it you can't even see. There's a big window to tell tell you what's <laughs> in the fucking twenty fourth. There, there's no surprise there. Merry Christmas, Johnny. It's fucking ruined. Smoke <laughs> up, Johnny. It's a big ass bear. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna eat that bear. You gotta like it. All right, Phil. Um, yeah, you can know you know where the reindeer is. Well, look at the door and the reindeer shaped. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care. I made a I made an error last week when I was giving you your your uh, asking you your rating when I said it's like you know that card you know it's like if you put it on the computer it's like three hundred DPI because you have to really zoom in so I want to know how many points you know oh yeah you know that was actually one hundred fifty DPI a little you know it's half that it's still you have to zoom in it's a big file you have to zoom in really far you know okay. to see. You know the five points that you gave that I think it was really really I'm tiny. Glad you corrected it. Um, so this time it's three hundred because clearly there is an even smaller clause that you need a giant fucking microscope for to see that Santa needs to marry this woman that they totally like fucking rode in out of nowhere. Uh, so how many? Give a shotgun wedding. How many points is your text for this new clause? That's been written into this fucking contract on this card that you, that's at 300 DPI that you really need to fucking. And I'm not going to need to like, you know, fix this Adjust. at all because I've, there's I, no more movies and there's no more clauses. I have literally no idea what you're saying to me. <laughs> the graphic so, design people. 150? 150 DPI? PP? No, P, how many points? How five? many texts? So it's a one how out many? of five. Oh, it's one out Very of five. Very tiny text, you know. <clears throat> I mean, it's a little bit of chocolate. You can't go wrong. It tastes beautiful. I'm going to go with a five as well. Fuck you. And you're like, it's... you're trying to make me feel bad for nerding out about graphic design that I know nothing about, but I get paid to do. You know? I'm just saying I can't appreciate it because I have no idea what these numbers mean. Yeah. But I gave you a five. Cool. <laughs> it's Christmas. I'm being generous. All right, Santa well, always delivers. Believe it or not, they made a third film. And what why did they called? make this? What was it called? <laughs> Santa Claus Three: The Escape Clause. There it is. The first clause. Oh! Whoa, whoa! You killed him did not change the face of the holidays the second clause proposed a challenge i've got to get married i don't think there's a woman out there that doesn't want a piece of this this time christmas is getting jack jack frost you are hereby charged with attempting to upstage santa claus in a manner that is both willful and malicious excuse me did you just accuse me of being skillful and delicious? I'm tired of playing second fiddle. I'm going to be Santa Claus. Jack, you gotta let this go. You get TV specials and the postage stamps and the, the army of toy building yes men. What do I get? A few runny noses and some dead citrus. But now, the most powerful clause of all. The escape clause. The escape clause. The escape clause. Will be triggered. <laughs> sending everyone back in time. Ho, ho, ho. Somebody's on the roof. Hey! Whoa! That coat belongs to me! And it will knock one Santa out. You 
hit me with a shovel. And let another slip in. You tricked me. You're not Santa anymore. You're just a guy who smells like a cookie. This is so wrong. On Disney DVD. We'll call Christmas Frostmas. The future of the holidays will be at stake. I've done it. What have you done? And the final chapter will begin in the greatest Santa story ever told. I'm going to make everything good again. Walt Disney Pictures presents... Tim Allen. Give me a status report. Your pants are on fire. Yes, they are. Martin Short. I'm Jack Frost. Okay, okay, chill. I invented chill. Hey, Mom. Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Christmas cheer turns into holiday chaos when Scott Calvin, Don't do again played by Tim Allen, <laughs> a.k.a. Santa, invites his in-laws. <laughs> this time we see Anne Margaret, who's really phoning it in. And I, I, just, clear, I just don't think Anne Margaret knew she was even in this film. She didn't I don't think any of them knew. Alan Arkin... I don't Definitely know why he was in good. this film, but Alan Arkin's there too. He's having a fucking great time, man. Yeah. I'm assuming it's only because maybe Abigail Breslin, they had just done, you know, uh, oh, Little Miss Sunshine together. She's in this film. I don't know. They're cute together. It's like, oh, Alan Arkin, yeah, he's having a renaissance now. He was great in that film. You know, let's put him in this shit. Yeah. That's before Argo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they they he invites them for a visit and must simultaneously contend with Jack Frost, played by Martin Short, the scheme out of nowhere. Jack Frost, who's scheming to take over the North Pole. Scott, his family, and the head elf Curtis, again played by Spencer Breslin, Ugh. must join forces to foil the nefarious plot. That doesn't happen as well. It's uh, the 2006 third film in the Santa Claus franchise, written by returning writers Ed Decker and John J. Strauss. So they they made the the cut. <laughs> they made it this time. We see Michael Lambic return for whatever reason to the director's chair. Hot takes out the sure. game, Phil. The Santa Claus three, the escape. This Claus. one, Santa Claus three. This one is like. So maybe I'm a little bit easier on the second one because, like, I was still kind of like a kid when that that came out. <laughs> well, not not really. I was like, oh no, I was. I was like nine yeah, when it came out. You're way young enough to be. I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. By this one, I think maybe I'd grown out of it. Yeah. So I, I remember not liking it that much, but I just figured like, oh, maybe it just doesn't play for kids. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, and I remember some of it being okay. So I was like, okay, going into the second one, I was like, oh no, this is going to be bad. But like, oh, there's some good bits. And going into the third one, I was like, okay, I remember this being bad, but hopefully it's better than I remember. And it's not. They're just... It's not even like actively bad though. It's just like very nothing. That's both of like, these films though. They're not like bad movies to a point where like, oh my god, these are atrocious. No. They're just kind of like, eh. But like, but like eh. the second one had funny moments. This the third one doesn't have like jokes or like drama or like emotion. Like it tried to, but yeah. like it doesn't. It just doesn't really play for me on like any level. It's kind of like it's a bunch of plot thrown together. And none of them really coalesce. It gets way too long to get going. The most interesting part, two things I'll give to this movie. 
because again, it feels like everybody very much phoning it in and not that much to play. And I was excited again because it's a Jung to Jung reunion. Yes. A film we loved. It's Tim Allen and Martin Shaw. Patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. Go go listen to that Jungle to Jungle episode. It's pretty fun. Much better movie. Yeah. Um, Which we do trash two, as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But those two are so fucking good together in yeah. that movie. So nice to see them together again here. And it looks like they're having fun. Yeah. Obviously, but I'm not having fun. I'll give Martin the, Short... The, is actually pretty fun in this That's film. the second bit. Yeah. The second bit, Mod Short is excellent. He's the, the only good thing he's, in this movie. <laughs> no, he's really hang it, hamming it up and playing it up and playing a really like fun villain. And he can do he can do all sides of it really well. His and his North big Pole, number. North Pole, like, you know, New York, New York, North brilliant. Pole. Thing is I great. think that's what they sold it to yeah. him on. I bet they were like, you're going to do this. And he's like, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Like, cause how many times have you seen that in a movie? If you're again, like I said, with the Molly Shannon scene, like it's the one good thing in that film. I feel like the one great scene to take away from Santa Claus. Too. And I feel like this is it. in for this film, Santa if you're like a, oh, uh, definitely. if you're a fan of like only murders in the building where Martin Short's character is like this weird theater, theater director nut. I feel like he, okay. like he, would do that was jack frost in some performance <laughs> back in the day or something like you know that's the vibe it gives off if you if you watch only murders in the building like you'll know what i mean but okay. otherwise sorry for the weird it's almost as no. confusing as the dpi discussion um, no i want to i need to watch that show I, I, I really want to watch it <laughs> but no my short is great and there's an idea that I think if they had focused on would have turned into a good movie. The last half an hour of this movie, I think, is when it gets interesting and then it just ends. I would have turned that into the whole movie. The whole, could they try to do like it's a wonderful life thing? Where, yeah. 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 And I love, look, I love the idea of them going back to the first movie and doing like a back to the future. That should have been in the beginning of the That's fucking movie. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then the whole movie is what Jack Frost did and yeah. how he turned the North Pole into a theme park, which is ironic because it already fucking feels like a theme park. That's yeah. what I mean with the whole like magic and gun. And it's kind of funny. I kind of, I really like that. that that's where like the ideas are coming out. But then they sort of like, it's very quick. Tim Allen meets everybody. It's like, oh, everything's shit. I gotta go fucking take care of this. Yeah. And he does it. And it's just that quick. But like that is the movie. That's the best part of the movie. I think that's where it's most like fruitful like where it could be the most fruitful in terms of laughter and drama and conflict yeah. and stuff. And like the in-law stuff could be funny, but it's just nobody seemed to really give a shit. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's very fine. It's very nothing. The but Honestly, the funniest bit are the bloopers at the end. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was going to say the, that. Those are the best. I was bits. surprised. Like, I was surprised. I was, it actually caught me and I was laughing. And I was like, where the fuck was that? Yeah. Tim it's Allen just and Martin Short these people improvise. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, I, I, it's totally, disappointing, man. I totally agree. Like, uh, I think I like the third one more than the second one, surprisingly, but only really? because of Martin Short. Um, oh, and also enough. I felt like there was a little less of the annoying reindeers farting and all that sort of shit. Yeah, there was um, a little bit of that, but not too bad. But yeah, there's, I don't know. There's just like this, this whole weird thing, like with Santa and Mrs. Claus that like, in her family and all that sort of stuff. I get where they're trying to do because like we were saying from the second film, there's this whole big sacrifice that you have to do where you have to basically give up your life and all that sort of stuff. And the SOS secret of Santa, um, 
so they're trying to not, you know, give away the fact that he's Santa and her family can't see her, but for whatever reason, his family, you know, knows the secret of Santa and they're glad they turn the North Pole into Canada, which again, I feel like should have been funny. Yeah. It just wasn't, which is people think a, a lot. Yeah. But no, like, that's just like all there is to a joke about Canadians. It's like, eh? Yeah. It's like, all but right. It take, but it takes an hour and a half. Like, I'm watching it, I'm just like, just tell them. Like, what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah, They're old people. If they, yeah. if they did, like, if they couldn't, you know, be tr- if they couldn't hold the secret and they, just did, they did tell people, who the fuck would believe them? Yeah. It's There's like a couple two of crack old, old people. It'd be in National Yeah, like living Enquirer. in Florida. My, who gives a my, shit? My daughter married Santa Claus at National Enquirer, yeah. like front page. Like who it cares? doesn't no matter. And that's where the movie gets to at the yeah. end. It's just like, yeah, it took that long. But yeah, just, it doesn't matter. Oh, Jesus Yeah, because they did the same thing in this film when Santa, like uh, Scott like basically reveals that he's Santa to him. They like, it's the magic that just comes over their face. They're like, oh, Santa. Like, and it's like, fucking who cares? Man? Oh, and fucking who Alan Arkin got that line that takes him a decade to get out. Where he's like, you're Father Christmas. And that, that makes me, I'm, wait, I'm your in-law. So <laughs> that makes me, Father Christmas and father-in-law? So, so I'm father-in-law Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> it takes them a fucking week to get that sentence yeah. out. It's like... So jumbled, it's badly so weird. written. It's um, so weird, but then it's like a bit where he puts his head on like uh, Mother Nature's shoulder and I, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. And like the mother like with the Easter bunny, like there's just moments there where like, I feel like the, the, the that's what I mean. I like the last half an hour because that's the only earth human stuff you get. Yeah. And, this, and that's where the movies shine. So this one is like almost completely... But you could find it in the family stuff. Yeah. It just they don't do that. It's just I don't know. It's just it would if it, it's so fine. It's such a nothing <laughs> movie. It's like it's just not fun or funny. It just kind of goes along. It's just you're watching just a movie. And it's yeah. a shame. The real shame. Yeah. Well, this time we toe the line, like you said, it's another Christmas classic. It's a wonderful life where yeah. uh writers Dector and Strauss pull back the escape clause idea that I guess at some point was floated when they were about to write the second movie. And mm. they show Santa what his life could have been like if he hadn't become Santa. Enter the idea of Jack Frost, a legendary figure completely missing from the last film, being entered to this world of the Santa Claus and trying to get rid of Scott so he can take over as Santa and turn the North Pole into a theme park. Again, we have a lot of Plot holes! Watch out for the plot hole. Because... Watch out for the plot hole. The introduction of the escape clause in this film creates a big error in the first film. And I was saying last week I was going to have to hopefully bring this back up because (laughs) basically Scott asked Bernard in the first film, what happens if I don't want to be Santa? And Bernard basically implies that like, you know, it's, you know... You'll ruin the magic. You'll ruin the magic. You have to be Santa. It's like... This is a clause, this is a contract. You can't not be Santa. Bernard could have easily and quickly and simply told him all he had to do was go to this fucking chamber, open up the you door. You have a magical snow globe. You have a fucking snow globe. All you got to do is hold it and say, I wish I was never Santa Claus. And then everything would have gone back to order. So, Easy, yeah. 
Easy. Big fucking plot hole. Like, it's glaring, like, right there. Like, why would they fucking write something? It's so glaring. That was stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. But I get the feeling they kept coming up with these ideas, and I'm surprised it took them so long, like you said, like, to get to the whole escape clause thing where they do the whole, like, um, it's a wonderful life idea. Like, it should have been so much earlier in the film. But I feel like the reason why they kept doing these things, and they did it in the... um and the second film as well to get Scott back into like Scott Calvin mode and not Santa Claus was so that like basically Tim Allen would have an excuse not to wear that shitty Santa makeup and stuff and huh. the entire film because he clearly yeah. had such a bad time that first time. I feel like it was a clause in his contract where he's just like, I have to be like, you know, at least normal for half of this fucking movie because I can't wear that fucking outfit the whole time. Because even in the second film, for, for the majority of the time where he is Santa Claus, he's wearing a much different outfit because he's playing toy Santa and he's got this like fucking latex like mask on to and I'm sure it was way more comfortable because it's just sitting yeah. on him. Like, you know, rather than it being like this, like proper fucking makeup, they like just made him look yeah, like yeah. a fucking, I don't know, like, I don't know, like sex doll or something, like in the second <laughs> film, uh, which is great. Uh, you know, sexual. the toy Santa is funny, but he looks fucking weird. So a bit odd, bit odd. Uh, but I did find something really funny. There's like this moment early in the film where he's like talking to Mrs. Claus and she's like, oh, I want my parents to come. And he like, <laughs> you know, he does that thing where he goes goes out and he comes out through the chimney or whatever, and it's like this fireplace is that big fucking Santa Claus head. Ma- yeah, and, and he, he comes out of the mouth, which is fucking terrifying. But it, it looks like that shot in in Candyman where like Virginia Madsen comes crawling through the hole in the wall, and it's like oh yeah, climbing out of Candyman's mouth. <laughs> oh, Candyman Ruffington. Yeah, of all the fucking films. Um, yeah. This is a uh, Peter Boyle's last film, so we like you know we introduced all these uh, these uh, mythical creatures, but he's back this time. Sad, I think he looks sad. visibly nice to see him. visibly older, frail and frail yeah. in this film, and it kind of like I was like, oh man, he looks horrible. He, this must have been like one of his last films, and I looked it up, and it was. <laughs> was uh, oh man, yeah, Jack Frost and Mrs. Claus, like they were both supposed to be like different looking in this film, and if you if you watch like the I, did, I turned off the second film and I had to go back and like watch the credits just to, because I found this note. So basically mm. it was like Jack Frost, obviously he, he looked different in their original idea. Like he was supposed to be more of this like English 1960s sort of look. Um, and he was like, Oh really? More, like an Austin Powers? I guess. I don't know. He was a bit more <laughs> impish and elf elfin and stuff. And okay. But Michael Limbick thought that he didn't really look threatening enough. So they designed this new con- uh, costume for him where it was like this velvet suit and everything. And yeah, I quite like, like the outfit. Spiky hair, with the sh- creepy eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. Shard of like, the, it got like an icicle for a tie. Yeah. Really cool. I'm wondering if like maybe, you know, when, when the little girl, which it like fucking is telegraphed immediately. You know, oh my god, they say it a hundred fucking yeah, times. They're fucking she had magical warm hugs. Warm hug. Magical warm hugs. It was like, of course you know she's going to fucking thaw out you know somebody what? with it. But you know what would have been nicer if they just didn't play it off in magic? It was just like, the idea is there. Like, he like freezes her parents. Yeah. They can't freeze her. So it's like, okay, so he's already got a soft spot for kids, clearly. And it's like, if, he just, if she just went up to him and like gave him a hug. Yeah. 
No one's because given them nobody a hug ever treats them like that. Would be that would be lovely. That'd yeah. be like a real Grinch moment. Yeah. But it, 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 and then he looked really weird when he turned normal. Yeah. He turned human. He maybe got, that's like, flat what hair. His, maybe that's what his original like um, his original like costume looked like or something. I don't know. Yeah, but dude, like, what if who? Is Jack Frost? Why is Jack Frost a legendary figure? Like he just, he, why would you have two for the same season? Even like, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. like he he gets he gets a few good lines out of it, but like, yeah. I invented chill, you know, shit like yeah. that. But it, like, I googled Jack Frost during the movie, and it's just like Jack Frost is like a 16th century folklore character, yeah, who personified winter, and that was it. And then it was just like all the different versions in media, but like. The most prominent one is like when Michael Keaton turned into a snowman. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think of Jack Frost. Which is purely just the name, but like. Exactly. So I don't. They have the Jack. Is he? He's like an elf who's been frozen and like now makes things cold. I I kind of like forget how that cartoon was, but like at this, at the time where, you know, the Rudolph and Santa Claus and all that. Oh, was there a Jack Frost? Santa Claus is coming to town. There was a Jack Frost one. And that's what. Arnold Schwarzenegger oh. is watching in uh, Batman and Robin, where he says, "I'm Mister oh, I'm Mister Snow," you know, and he's singing along to it and stuff. That's the so Jack that's probably Frost what they're riffing on. Yeah, so they're okay. riffing on that, and also Mrs. Claus. We never got that here. Like Mrs. Claus, they're clearly riffing on Santa Claus is coming to town, which is this origin story, uh, which is like around that same time, uh, one of those weird sort of like claymation sort of. Things of like, uh, you know, when Rudolph and, and Frosty the Snowman, all those like 60s era um, or 70s. I'm not really sure what years those came out. But like, you know, that those cartoons and stuff that were out back in the day in America. Um, so, yeah, that that's sort of like what they're riffing on. Because like Mrs. Claus was a teacher in that. Like uh, Santa like met her. Chris Kringle, whatever, met her. She was like a teacher. She was blonde. She had blue eyes. She looks so much like uh, Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, but then, like, again, another costume change. So at the end of the second film, which, I, like I was saying, I had to go back and watch because I just turned off the film. <laughs> I was just like, fuck <laughs> I didn't watch the credits. Whereas this this one had, like, fucking actual, like like you said, really fun bloopers, which mm. was actually funny. But the, the second film was just, like, her dancing and then the characters dancing, which I was just like, yeah, fuck this. But I didn't realize that she had this prosthetic makeup on and they kind of made her look like Mrs. Claus, like a fat, like almost like a fat yeah, suit. And, stuff. and they like, dropped that. And they just dropped it because like mm. basically the first, it was like the second day of filming or something like that. Michael Limbick like realized she basically had no like fucking visible emotion in her performance <laughs> because of all the makeup applied to her. So they just nixed it and they were just like, yeah, you're pregnant, pregnant. Like, here you go. Without. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just give you a big belly. It will yeah. Uh, I don't have much for this. I feel like we've said enough. There's not um, much to yeah, say with the third one. Yeah, it, March short and good in it. Yeah. He killed, like, you know, he'd obviously have a fun at Jack Frost. And then the good, it's a wonderful life knockoff right at the end. Yeah, which should have been the whole Should have been the whole movie. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know what? Click did it better. <laughs> yeah, because at least that Click, lasted the whole film. <laughs> yeah, like they did They did the same idea and they did it yeah. way, way better. I, I need to rewatch Click. I feel like... Click is great, man. Like, Click my dad wants... Uh, 
was like, because I did watch it back in the day and I remember laughing really hard because my dad said, yeah, that film made me cry. And I was like, really? Click? Dude, it makes but, me cry, yeah, man. I, I don't it's, have, you know, it's one I have of the, a black it's one of the, heart, man. I'm sorry. It's one of those weird movies, though, where it's like, nah, I think it'll get you, man. Like, watch it, because it's like, it's hard because it's the, in, in one hand, it's a movie that doesn't really make me cry. And then on the other hand, it's a movie where Adam Sandler fought and David Hassel hot face. Yeah. <laughs> Was it make you cry? It's just, it's, <laughs> no, it's just that's funny as well to me, but yeah. it's just a weird thing to try and coalesce in your head. Yeah. But it works. Yeah. It's better than this. Well, the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause, rele- was released in November of 2006, and it remarkably made $110 million. Point, what, These movies make money. Million dollars. I don't know why. Oh, for like I couldn't figure this out, and I saw people are even on Reddit trying to figure this out. But IMDb has it listed as an estimated twelve million dollar budget. That seems extremely 12 low. Twelve million. When the last film was sixty five, and it looks like it's got <laughs> the same fucking production values, unless if you're saying like they just reused the entire sets, but like they had way more of the North Pole and all this sort of stuff, more sets and more. F- like phony magic and all this sort of stuff. I, I really don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And they had to no, do that whole I thing where they recreated the scene from the first film. I yeah, which know. was actually pretty good. Yeah. And I was time. like, just more of this, please, man. Uh, the it just film- made me want to go back and watch you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, wash this, just wash the bad taste out of yeah. my mouth. Uh, the film got pretty badly reviewed as well. Mark Kermode... <laughs> Described it as the cinematic equivalent of tertiary syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> wow, fucking! And up. he had this really long fucking thing about how abysmal it was. It was really funny to listen to, and he was just like, "Yeah, you know, it's like it's a it's a disease that comes, and then you know you think it's gone, and then it's back, and then it just comes back, and it's just gone, and then it's back, and it's just like it won't go away." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it also was like nominated for a bunch of like Golden Raspberry Razzie and like, you know, mm. stinker bad movie awards. So, yeah, it was it was pretty okay. much like, you know, just again, yeah. like I said, there's a big drop off from one to two. Yeah. There's an even bigger drop off from two to three. Yeah, I think I think there's a f- good film, like I said, though, like somewhere in between the there two is. films. You take out the there best is. bits. And then um, obviously Molly Shannon, Charm, Mrs. Like, Claus. Let's yeah, the that, that no, be, Molly Shannon, Mrs. Claus. Molly cut. Shannon and Jack Frost, uh, the villain of both pieces. Yeah. Of one, and, whole, and it's just one movie. And you know what? You know where the toy Santa fits in that like Jack Frost obviously can't be like, oh, I'm Santa because people will be like, what's going on here? He just like, he, make he makes fake. a fake Santa and like, you know, he's just fucking around and doing all this. That would be Santa. great. That would have been one great sequel yeah. rather than two middling sequels. <laughs> It's just a shit, because then obviously, look, it's like I said before, I'm like weirdly invested in these movies. I've seen them all. I'm watching yeah. the new show and I'm enjoying it so far. But it's like, <clears throat> there's obvious charm there. And I like the characters. Yeah. And it's just like, there's better stuff to be made around it. But th- so far, I'm only judging off two episodes of the new TV show. It's pretty good. It's already better than the fucking third movie. Yeah. It seems to have like an idea and direction and better casting and better writing. Maybe it's got some weird comments to make about like modern day life <laughs> society. But like it, se- it seems to really, it, it reminds me of like the Star Wars new movies 
and that it's and really trying to put the magic like sort of back into it. Yeah, Where like remystifying, like sucked even, all of the fucking magic yeah, out of. Even though like the third one's literally about magic snow globes. Yeah, but like this is dumb. No, they're just no floating orbs. Here. Yeah, yeah, no, none of that. I yeah, I I mean you know, for the most part. We should do a trilogy at the fucking Prince Charles. <laughs> I'm sure everybody would love that. As much, you know, as much uh, as, as you may be invested and, uh, you know, as, as much as we tried, I'm really fucking glad that we uh, <laughs> combined these two because I, Me too. I don't want to, I think like, that was a good idea. I don't, I, I just couldn't fathom a world where we were like, we have to do one more of these now. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> like, it's bad enough that we have this episode. Um, <laughs> like, people are going to have to sit through another one. But, uh, Phil, I will say, and I wanted to, you know, save this for the end, um, as we're wrapping up here, uh, I'm going to tell you as a surprise, I have okay. a very special Christmas treat for you next week. <gasps> what? What is it? We're going back to the Nakatomi Podcast no! Festival! Aren't you happy? Aren't you so excited? It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Why? Phil, don't worry, though. It's in New York this time. What could possibly go wrong? This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.